Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. My life took a bit of a turn recently. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into it right now. I feel if I start talking about things too soon, it's just going to be a whole podcast of me crying. And nobody wants to listen to that. But yeah, I came home last weekend was planning on it just being the weekend. Like I was meant to fly back to Leeds on the Tuesday morning. It's now a week later and I'm still in Belfast. I decided to stay for an extra week. So I'm actually going tomorrow morning. I definitely needed this time at home, but it also makes you so anxious going back. I did like an anxiety poo literally 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Sorry, that's way TMI, but oh, I'm trying not to get worked up about it because if I overthink it now... I'm like predetermining that I'm definitely gonna freak out when I'm there. Whereas if I try and just convince myself, you know, sometimes you actually just need to lie to yourself and tell yourself that no, you're gonna be fine. You're just gonna get back into your own routine. Even if you don't actually believe it, it's like preempting positivity to try and make yourself, I I don't know. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going back today's tomorrow. I, if I could have it my way, I would stay at home now until... February because my second term of uni doesn't actually start back until then but unfortunately I do have to go back I need to go get a suitcase full of stuff to bring home for Christmas obviously I only came home with a little carry-on because I was only expecting to come home for a weekend I also need to go back for classes and stuff I've some deadlines coming up and I uh, I haven't I've barely started them in fact I haven't started them so yeah I kind of need to go into those classes to wrap my head around things I currently feel like I am very much struggling to stay afloat. Everything's just piling up and I'm just putting everything off and getting more and more overwhelmed, which is amazing, (laughs) as you can imagine. I actually do think though it will be good for me to go back. I feel like when I'm at home, I fall out of all my routines because I just get so comfortable in my home space. I was talking to someone about this the other day and they were saying they're the exact same. But like when I'm in Leeds, I get up early, like I've got a really good sleep routine. I make sure I exercise most days. I always cook quite like nutritious meals, go to the library or go to cafes to do work. But the second I come home, it's like, (laughs) I don't know, it's like living a double life. I can't seem to maintain any routine when I come home because first of all, my bed is so comfy. Second of all, it's just so nice being around your family and your dogs and having like a fridge and cupboard full of nice food. I feel like you just always end up eating shit. So yeah, if I can go back and try to pick up the healthy routine again, that would be amazing. But what I'm really scared of happening is going back and being like what I am at home and having a mental breakdown and being in my depressive era but not having my family or dogs so it's just like even worse it's times like this when you really just want life to go on hold for a second do you know what i mean you're like can everything just slow the fuck down like can i just have a break (laughs) can we just forget about deadlines and i don't know just everything just for like two weeks maybe maybe have a little mini hibernation season where no one's expected to do absolutely anything. That would be ideal. I'm just in that phase of feeling constantly exhausted and it's not even like a, it's not because I'm not getting enough sleep. Well, actually it probably is partly to do with that. I'm not being sleeping that well, but more so just like mental and emotional exhaustion. 
Do you know when you wake up from like an eight hour sleep, you should feel fully revived in the morning. You should feel ready to get up for the day. Like eight hours is a good amount of time to sleep. But recently I've been getting eight hours and waking up and I still just feel exhausted. I've just dragged myself out of bed. To be fair, this morning though, I got up and went to yoga with my friend. Then we went for a little walk after and got a coffee and it was lovely. And I felt so much better after that. So yeah, I think just more of that kind of stuff needs to happen over the next wee while to keep me going. By the way, I am really sorry if I don't sound myself throughout this episode. Honestly, it's just because I don't feel like myself. (laughs) Like, there's no denying it. I thought this episode would be a good one, though, to make us all laugh. Before we get into this week's topic, though, I'll give you my recommendation of the week. I'm actually sitting here wearing them right now. Yesterday, me, my mum and dad went into town to do a little bit of Christmas shopping. It was a pretty successful shopping trip, actually. I do have most of my Christmas shopping done by now. I think there's like three more people I have to get for, but they're not big things. And I kind of know what I need to get them. So it's more a case of actually just going and ordering it. So I'm feeling very organized this year. Okay, I'm going very off track. My recommendation of the week, picked them up yesterday in Marks and Spencer's. We all got matching Christmas pajamas. They're just like the really typical, you know, that red and green and white tartan kind of pattern in the flannel material with the button down shirt. Yeah, just those kinds of ones. We got them in Marks and Spencer's. They do like matching ones. So you can get like men sizes, kid sizes, uh, female sizes. So all five of us are going to have matching pyjamas on for Christmas Eve and for waking up on Christmas Day. And me, my mum and dad actually put them on last night to set up all the Christmas decorations, which was the most wholesome healing thing ever. I've always wanted to get like matching pyjamas for everyone, but you don't see that often them do sizes to do everyone, you know. Sometimes if you're doing matching, you can just do matching for the girls and then matching for the boys. But yeah, Marks and Spencer's do it with, I think they just did it with this one set of pyjamas, to be honest. And I'm sure other places do it as well. Is there anything more cute in the entire world than everyone in your family just having the same matching pyjamas for Christmas morning? I don't think so. It was so funny when my mum was paying for them at the till, she was like, right, you're only getting these on the condition that everyone is back home from being out on Christmas Eve for 12 (laughs) o'clock. They always get so scared that we're going to ruin Christmas by being too hungover, which is a fair fear because my brother kind of does it every year. He always fucks it on Christmas Eve and then he doesn't ruin Christmas, but he ruins it for himself, but he doesn't ruin it for other people. Yeah, anyway, that doesn't apply because I went ahead and took them and put them on last night and I'm wearing them now. But who knows, maybe she'll confiscate them off me and force me to come home at midnight. I mean, I don't really care if she does. I'll come home at midnight if she really wants me to, if it's that pressing. I think, to be honest, she is aiming it more at my brother than anyone, but she's using it as a blanket statement to cover that so she doesn't have to, like, target it at him, you know? Okay, let's move on to this week's podcast topic. I don't want to say that this is a man-hating episode, but this is probably a man-hating episode. Let's be honest. There's nothing like a good old bit of misandry to make you laugh on a Monday morning, am I right? So I put some questions up on my story and I've got so many funny responses. I can't wait to read them all out. Okay, so the first one, I wrote, what is the most ridiculous thing a man has ever tried to mansplain to you? Now, I'm sure we all know and are familiar with mansplaining, but just in case anyone luckily isn't. I mean, I'm sure you are, but maybe some people haven't heard of the word, but I'll just explain to you what it is. Let me get up the Urban Dictionary meaning of 
mansplaining. Okay, so Urban Dictionary says, The mansplaining is when unsolicited advice or direction is given to a woman by a man in a condescending manner. The reasons typically being the man does not believe the woman is capable of completing the task independently and must need guidance. This has happened to me so many times, but I can't think of specific examples to tell you. But I do, like, if this happens to me, I always just shut it down immediately. I'm not one to sit there and just listen to the mansplaining happening. I usually follow it with a, do you actually think I'm that stupid? Or another one I like to do is actually elaborate on it further and make them feel stupid for just explaining something too basically. Okay, let's read out some of the most ridiculous things that men have tried to mansplain to you guys. First up, periods. Surely not. I kid you not, a boy once tried to explain to me how to make a cup of tea. He tried to mansplain a book that I was literally the publicist for. Just repeating back to me exactly what I already said as if it's their point. Yeah, I've got this a lot. How many years ago 2011 was? <laughs> oh, my manager told me how to cut up paper six times before leaving me to do it myself. <laughs> a man literally tried to explain to me how periods make a woman feel. What? Stay in your lane, babe. <laughs> football. If I say I'm a football fan, they're like, name every football player ever then. <laughs> Feminism. That's a good one. A guy once tried to tell me, as a white male, he is the most discriminated against when it comes to getting jobs because companies are choosing to hire females, people of colour, people from the LGBTQ plus community to try and look good. Oh my god. How menstrual hormones work. Sorry, why is this a recurring thing? I'm also saying loads more about periods. Imagine never, ever being anywhere near able to experience something in your life and think you're qualified to know how it feels. It's literally like me saying to someone or trying to explain to someone how it feels for someone to be racist towards you. Like think of how ridiculous that is. I will never experience that. I will never know how that feels. Imagine I tried to explain that to someone. That's like men doing this. This is actually a bigger issue though than it seems. Like I know I'm joking about it and like this whole man's been in context but it's a big issue in women's health. A lot of male doctors will completely minimise like the pain that women experience and as a result it can take so much longer for women to get diagnosed with certain illnesses. For example, endometriosis, PCOS, like people go their whole lives experiencing this debilitating pain and no one takes them seriously and then they find out, you know, when they're 35 years old and haven't been able to have kids what's been going on. Sorry, that's a very blanket statement. It doesn't mean that you can't have kids if you have PCOS or endometriosis. I'm just giving an example. I don't want to freak anyone out by saying that. Okay, moving on. My granddad tried to mansplain to me how the Tories weren't racist, sexist or homophobic, but that they just relied on tradition and valued norms in society and that it's very common for the youth to try and act slash be different and progressive. Oh my god, how to order a drink at the bar or a pub? What? Does he think you've never ordered a drink before? How to make beans on toast? He once tried to mansplain the patriarchy to me, but he said it didn't exist. To turn on a light switch? No, this one is this one has to be fake. Once a man mansplained to me how to cook chicken. 
I bet he doesn't even season it as well. He definitely sticks it in the oven for 30 minutes with a bit of salt. How to cross the road? How to poach an egg? He tried to explain the US electoral system to me. I'm a politics student. Oh dear God, someone said that a boy tried to mansplain sexual assault and harassment to them and then went on to say that it's not real and it's just a compliment. I hope you never spoke to this human being ever again. What cramps feel like? How to write on the pub quiz sheet? (laughs) Did he think I was illiterate? How a tampon works? To do a job I've been doing for two months when he had just arrived a week before. How a bra works? (laughs) Why Andrew Tate is not sexist? Yeah, nice try, but I think that one's a bit of a fact. As in, he is. Why it's worse for women to sleep around than men who do it? Explained how to use a measuring tape and how the numbers increased. Oh my god. Why misandry is as big a problem as misogyny. Unfortunately, there's no power behind misandry. I wish there was, but misandry is very trivial. For example, take this podcast as misandrist, but it's all completely taking the piss. Whereas misogyny is like actually a deep-rooted issue within our society that genuinely affects women. Wait, did I just mansplain the difference between misandry and misogyny? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for that. He mansplained what my dad's job is. He mansplained Scottish politics to me, a Scot studying politics. He was a Turkish engineer in Turkey. Oh. That ice melts when it's in water. Wow. Didn't know that. Men regularly try to explain my PhD topic to me. Oh my god. Our TV is different to theatre because it isn't live. So many people saying that men have tried to mansplain feminism to them. Some girl said that a man told her that its goal is to make men weak. That the E on the compass stands for East. (laughs) My own sport lol, I do Muay Thai and the men go crazy explaining that to me. (laughs) That women can, in fact, plan slash timetable their periods. I've played football for 12 years and men still feel the need to fill me in on the rules. How to make sriracha mayo multiple times. Sir, the two ingredients are both named. So many people saying that men have tried to mansplain what the definition of mansplaining is. Literally about 50 of you. Oh, my friend said, a man tried to explain what a national park was to my mum. He said it's like a big grassy park. Okay, last one from the mansplaining responses. A man tried to explain to me how to pronounce the word vagina. He said it was pronounced fa china and that he knew more about it than me. That just says it all really, doesn't it? Let's move on to the next question, which was, what is the craziest, worst or most elaborate lie a man has ever told you? That he was allergic to condoms. (laughs) That he did drugs on my birthday after I had an anxiety attack so that he could look after me better. I used to date a guy that would always tell me his hay fever was too bad to FaceTime or call. That, no, this one's so funny. (laughs) That he was replying to girls' stories, telling them they were hot because he knew they were insecure like me and wanted to support all insecure women. (laughs) That he kissed another girl whilst we were in a relationship to make us stronger. (laughs) 
He had a hickey on his neck and he gaslighted me into thinking he fell onto something. I saw cheap escorts in his search history and he tried to blame it on his 10-year-old brother. Oh my god, he told me a whole story about his first day of work and going out for drinks with all his new work friends, but he was actually meeting his ex. <gasps> he told me that he redownloaded Hinge just to help his mate with his prompt slash what to write on there. <laughs> oh my god, he lied about his mum having cancer for him being off with me. Wait, someone else has said he told me his nan had died so he couldn't meet when he when she was alive and he was seeing another girl. No, stuff like that. You can't be saying that kind of stuff. That is bad karma. He attempted to convince me that he was a direct descendant of Spanish royalty. That's an interesting one. Oh my god, found a paragraph confessing feelings to a girl. Said that he only said it because she was depressed. He lied about having cancer by faking a letter from a doctor to stop me breaking up with him. Oh my god. My ex told me it was his male friend that gave him the hickey I found on his neck as a joke. <laughs> that the tally on his uni shag chart was the amount of girls who had tried to shag him. He lied about his whole life, his school, his parents, his friends. I lived with him as well. Right, there's someone, it's like a, I don't actually know this person, but like a mutual friend, let's say. They've got a similar situation going on like this where the boyfriend is a compulsive liar and that person has no idea but it's like how do you I don't actually know this person it's a friend of a friend but how do you even go about expressing them to that without you sounding crazy because why would they be doubting it when it's like their whole life I don't know I think some men genuinely get a kick out of this they're just like complete compulsive liars and it's like thrilling to them or maybe it's just got to the point where you're so deep in it, it's like there's no other option, they just become more and more elaborate. My ex was a compulsive liar and pretended he played for a huge football team. That's the most stupid lie ever, you can just look it up. He told me that he'd never seen the edited photos of my dad that were his boy's group chat icon that he said it as. Oh, there's another lie about a hickey being from the lads. <laughs> Sorry, imagine! It's the fact you want to believe it as well. Do you know, like, this person probably believed it at the time. But looking back on it, you're like, how oh, on God's earth did I ever believe that? Just try and actually imagine that situation where the lads give him a hickey for the crack. Jesus Christ, this one's so elaborate. Oh my God, I could name so many with a certain ex-boyfriend. First up, my ex told me that he left uni after first year as the university kicked him and 20 other students out for them not completing work due to having poor mental health. He then claimed that he and his parents took the university in question to court over this. He made multiple fake screenshots of news articles about said court case. He said he lost the court case but his family spent millions on it. Turns out none of this was true. He just got kicked out because he didn't attend any lectures and failed. What? Imagine going to this length to just say that you got kicked out of uni. Oh my god, this one's so elaborate as well. Wait, what the fuck? My ex lied about his entire life, going to uni, having a job, driving, etc. One time I was at his and I had work about 40 minutes away the next morning and he told me he would drive me, but he couldn't actually drive and didn't have a car. That night he told me he loaned his car to his friend but he wasn't answering his phone so he made me and him go walking around town for ages looking for his car which was parked at the station. 
His pal had apparently gone missing. This boy spent the rest of the night pretending to be worried about his friend and being a dick to me. Next morning, I had to go to work, but he couldn't drive me because his friend hadn't shown up and he had the keys. Ended up being over an hour late for work and had this wild excuse. Anyway, we end up breaking up later on. Other reasons involving so many lies and his dad tells me he never had a car and couldn't drive. So this boy made me walk around town looking for a car that didn't exist, worrying about his friend that didn't exist and made me late for work all because he was trying to hide the fact that he couldn't drive and didn't have a car. He's in full actor mode at that point. Like he has become a different character and he is fully in that headspace. Like that is completely obscene. Okay, let's move on to the final question, which was, what is the most ridiculous or embarrassing thing you have done for a man who wouldn't lift his pinky finger for you? Oh my God, I paid for all the holidays we went on because he was saving up for a car. Oh, made them a handmade box with all his fave things inside, but I couldn't get a text back. Cleaned his whole room for him while he was in a uni exam and he didn't even realise or say thank you. He cheated on me and then we got back together and I brought him to Paris. <laughs> Used to take four trains to see my ex every week who came to see me two times a year. I set an alarm for 3am to wake up for him to maybe come to mine after being out. <laughs> We've all been there. Drove eight hours to pick him up from uni for him to break up with me five days later. That is so disrespectful. Could he not just tell you before you do that drive? I paid £22 for a train to go get dumped. Love. Spent all weekend making him a cake and two paintings that I framed. Meanwhile, he was cheating on me. Oh, funded his coke addiction. <laughs> Stalking his Spotify account before the first date, ready for when he asked what music I like. I would never think to look up someone's Spotify, that's so funny. Made him a scrapbook with photos and sentimental items and he bought me a card. No, this always happens to me. I am the soppiest, most romantic, thoughtful person ever. I will write you love letters. I will write you long, meaningful messages in cards. I will make you sentimental stuff, make up little hampers of all your favourite things and then I get a happy birthday. Uh, yeah, just a happy birthday love from in a card. Like, how pathetic is that? I stopped speaking to literally every male ever as he said I was too friendly and flirty. <laughs> Bought his favourite food and drink for a date, put makeup on and then got stood up. Oh no, bless you. Paid £40 for his taxi home for him to block me the next day. I cycled six miles and back to school every day because a boy said he liked sporty girls. <laughs> Oh my god, wrote two of his uni essays when I didn't have a clue about his degree. I could never. I bought a book on how to be more chill. My ex recommended it because I was not chill enough. Rightly so, because he was cheating on me the whole time when we went out. <laughs> Trust your gut. Went to my boyfriend's Gillick match on my birthday and he didn't say happy birthday. I sent him delivery when I was literally at uni in Belfast and he was in Newcastle. <laughs> Did his washing for him after he got with my best friend. Too many people doing their boyfriend's washing and cleaning. That is not your job. Proofread his dissertation. I couldn't do this for someone because, I don't know, I'm just not a good proofreader. I skim over things and 
ignore mistakes and things. I have to get people to proofread things for me. Oh my god, wrote his 5,000 word business project. I know friends who have also done this for exes. <gasps> oh my god, I can barely keep up with my own uni work, let alone do someone else's. <laughs> this one's hilarious. I went to a formal after party by myself because I knew he would be there. I lived 40 minutes from town and had to get the bus. I then acted really surprised when I bumped into him. I got the ride but didn't know what to say when he asked who I was there with. He then called his ex on my phone after we slept together and told her he was with me. She then made jokes about me and he laughed while I lay naked next to him. Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like everyone in their life, well, I don't know, I definitely have. I hope other people have. <laughs> Am I just outing myself by saying this? I feel like there's been so many occasions where you intentionally go somewhere where you know someone else is going to be. Even if you don't want to talk to them, even if you just want to look hot when they're there. Do you know what I mean? Okay, guys, I'm going to leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you so much for sending me in all your man-hating responses. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think it was what I needed today. It's definitely cheered me up anyway, so hopefully it's done the same for some of you. If there's anything you guys want me to talk about in the coming weeks, please just drop me a message on Instagram and let me know. I'll add it to the list. As always, thank you so, so much for all your continued love and support on the podcast. It means the world to me. I hope you all have a lovely week and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye!